check, check. David T. Miller, folks. Loading artist. Audio inside. Loading artist. Audio inside. Oh, it's Artcast, it's Artcast, it's Artcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen by your easel, maybe you can grab a chair. Or even take it with you like you ain't got no care. Loading artists. Audio inside. Loading artists. Audio inside. So sit back and relax and grab your headphones too. Adjust your volume, it's hotcast. Philip J. Mellon welcomes you. So sit back. Oh yeah, it's Artcast. Loading artists. Audio inside. Loading artists. Audio inside. Hey, and welcome to Otcast. Be sure to check out the artist's websites or otcast.com and check out the work and links. All right, let's get started. Words of the day. Transitive. Passages. Tension. Boundaries and zone. This episode's guest is Ronan Bowes. In the conversation, you hear about his beginnings as a young art student, and how his abilities were encouraged by his art teachers, which sent him down the right path. Ronan also shares in vivid detail his fascination with materials and their remnants, also making the best of his studio and never overlooking possibilities, and so much more. Also, listen for a question submitted by previous guest, Heather Yip. And a bit of news... Help celebrate Ronan's solo show at gallery545.com and take a look at Decompression, now online through May 29th, 2022. Or if you're in the Belfast area, do set up a private viewing. And now the Bows interview. Thanks for tuning in. So I guess I can start with my official interview questions. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, like, I was just curious, like, for the listeners, where is your studio located? Uh, my studio is lo- located in uh, my garage at the moment. Uh, okay. In, in uh, Oma, in County Tyrone, in Northern Ireland. Okay, cool. Um, it's more or less um, kind of like a large market town. It's the county town of um, of Tyrone. Um, and it's like an hour um, west, northwest, more or less, of Belfast. An hour northwest of Belfast? Yeah. Okay. So what were some of your first art experiences, and when do you feel like you got serious about it? Probably my first first experience of art was would have been in high school or as you say high school or secondary school um i went to like i went to like an all boys um grammar school called the christian brothers 
which is like a kind of hardcore Catholic <laughs> education. And I had an amazing history of art teacher there and art teacher. Um, and it, I didn't really have any exposure to art really, other than kind of like the murals, the political murals of Northern Ireland and stuff. Um, and was into like kind of st- like street art, graffiti, yeah. like skateboarding and stuff as a teenager. Um, and wasn't really doing that great in school <laughs> and probably went, would have went down a different route. Um, but um, luckily, like the art teachers there kind of seen seen some sort of uh, ability within that subject, whatever, and kind of helped me down a path of education instead of going elsewhere. But um, yeah, so that was study started to study history of art like seven i was like 17 years old and like it was just mind-blowing <laughs> <laughs> all, all this stuff like that was connected to hit the like, to history which i've been interested in but it was just so fascinating for me to, to learn about there's a massive focus on irish art within yeah. the school but um, and then linking that to kind of like the, the um european movements um obviously like we looked at a lot of prehistoric art and um the like greek and roman art um we like near east kind of stuff we looked at as well but um it was just at, at that young age kind of being exposed to something like that that i never knew existed and then my yeah. more or less just my mind kind of started to explode and then <laughs> i was um we were pushed kind of really into focusing on um political art of northern ireland and like a lot of our essays and stuff within um within that academic year was all more or less artists that were dealing with the social kind of struggle and political situation of Northern Ireland. But um artists come to mind, like uh like she's an amazing painter and um, her name's Rita Duffy. Rita Duffy? Uh, Rita Duffy, yeah, R I T A D U F F Y. and so for looking at her figure, figurative and um, paintings, whatever, was just kind of the, the subjective nature of them as well, and what the messages and stuff that the work carried, um, kind of like really resonated with with me at that. Well, I suppose at that age, but like now looking back more so, when I understand kind of like my own identity a bit more and kind of like the the. The wider web of art history and like why things happen the way they have happened or whatever and cultures have evolved but that exposure to kind of art history and like the, the, the relation to um your own identity and where you come from and stuff and just the ability the, the ability that painting has to kind of to connotate things to connotate like stories and events and stuff kind of just really hooked me more or less and yeah and um, within like art lessons, like actual drawing and painting and sculpture or whatever, like it was all, we were recreating like master's works and stuff like that. And a lot of experimentation with sculpture as well, which is something I think that's helped, like uh, helped me um, move from from high school and the university level into like <laughs> now making work for yourself. Yeah. It's, um, I feel I've I kind of learned a lot a lot more about art, like in terms of making and practical experimentation in high school more so than I did in university level. University level is kind of just more like 
all out painting. I knew I wanted to be a painter, whereas I built a kind of foundation in a real rigorous um, kind of grammar school art setup. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> cool. So you, do you feel like it, it got early or I mean? Early, yeah, definitely yeah. early. So it was like, I was around like 15, 16 years old when I started make, making like street art, which back then I thought of as graffiti. Like a lot of friends of mine and people I hung out with were all in the, the hip hop culture. Okay. And it wasn't into like breakdance or anything, but those guys were like into it and they, they still are and like, have a world-renowned um, reputation for, which is crazy coming from a small town in Northern Ireland. They're like yeah. international status for like breakdancing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they, they were older than us or whatever, and they kind of like a positive influence on us. But um, I kind of got into graffiti from skateboarding, graffiti. And then when I'm in, in the school setup, it was more like the kind of academic connection to like art history and the dras draftsmanship and yeah um so that kind of all combined together and then going into university level <laughs> and learning about contemporary painting and its possibilities so it's just been a whole um snowball effect i think yeah and i'm just i think figuring out my own way so I think without, for me, without kind of like painting and without the, that ability or the kind of the privilege to express myself that way and have the confidence to be able to pursue it. Yeah. It's something that's kind of priceless for me, really. I've, kind of, I've definitely been lost without it, that's for sure. Yeah. But because um, I was always really kind of confused when I was younger. Like, like you know, I, I come from a large family, like five sisters. And oh, no yeah. brother. I have six. So. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I really had like an older brother. I had lots of cousins and lots of like friends and stuff. But like, I always was kind of like in my own head, like always yeah. questioning things, like figuring out kind of like where do I fit in or what am I about type thing. Or yeah. But I don't know. But I'm lucky. Kind of had the friends growing up that I did and we had a lot of positive experiences and everyone like has more or less went down some sort of in that tight-knit circle at the time when we were like young teenagers have went and done something creative as well yeah which is interesting <laughs> but, um, that's cool now do you have some teaching experience um yeah I, uh, I just wanted to jump to one of the questions I have about that but where was that or, or did you have more than one place uh, I did my uh, BA um, at Liverpool John Moore's School of Art, okay. and I went there in 2005 and graduated in 2008. And I had a studio at um, the Royal Standard in Liverpool for a bit, and then I went to New York for a few months and then came back to England and was kind of like trying to make work for like first time like leaving like university or whatever and like yeah. trying to figure a way to get a studio figure out a way to try and keep making work figure out a way to pay your bills and stuff yeah. it was like <laughs> it was a massive shock to the system but um yeah. so my, this sister above me um paula she's an art teacher herself okay and um, uh, she's a really good textile artist as well and um, but she kind of got on the phone to me and she's like 
like she's like you kind of understand you're struggling at the moment but like have you ever thought about getting into teaching yeah uh, so it was like at the time um the there was it was labor government at the time and there was a um grants basically to go and to go and do the qualifications we got paid to go and become a teacher so that made it instead of me getting into more debt with student yeah. loans and stuff there was a scheme set up with the government at the time that like all all um practicing teachers or whatever um or sorry student teachers should um, be paid to do the course so that made it something that was desirable for me and also i'd love to give kind of give back to give back to young people like yeah. I'd, I'd be lost without my experience of right. having, having good art teachers in in high school and in university like the tutors and stuff that i had there were brilliant and um, and so it's always been an interest to teach and um, so yeah i went up to newcastle and in 2010 in england northumbria and um, and Northumbria University and did my postgrad certificate in art education up there. And that was a year long course in 2010 and graduated 2011. And, and yeah, I kind of have taught in secondary schools um, in the UK and Ireland and also recently in New York um, where oh, cool. I was living for a few years. And I was teaching in the alternative high school setup there and um, it's very <laughs> crazy stress levels in new york oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god because they, they um new york state wouldn't transfer um my some of my credentials from the uk okay so i was teaching but i was allowed to teach at the school but also i had to like go and uh, get new qualifications to get new york state qualified oh so I was doing like teaching during the day, doing courses and stuff in the evening and exams, and it was just insane. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, more or less had a breakdown at the end of it and moved back to Ireland. But um, yeah, I was just curious because um, in the past on certain episodes, I've asked the previous guest to come up with a question for the the current guest, and um, Heather Yip was on the program before, and. Yeah. She was just. She has this question for you. Uh, and like in your experience, does your work as an art educator inform your studio practice, and does it inspire you and in, to have fun and be playful? Um, great question. Yeah. <laughs> um. Definitely. Yeah. Um. I would use my my own kind of studio practice as mass like kind of methods of teaching. Okay. Um. I would definitely, it didn't matter what age group I was teaching, like in New York, for instance, I was teaching like from kindergarten right up through to like 12th grade, but, yeah. um, uh, and I, I was using kind of the same principles of just collage, oh, wow. <laughs> cutting up stuff, like cutting up, cutting up shapes and forms and really trying to get students to understand just the basics the basic elements of, of, of art and how like pure they can be and how much potential there is and those small, small little things and like linking that obviously to like contextual references and to try and reinforce a bit more, um, 
understanding in terms of like what other artists have been up to but um uh yeah everything's play yeah. <laughs> studio studio <laughs> is like teach teach creativity creatively um, <laughs> did you say teach creativity creatively yeah that was like a massive kind of um ethos more or less throughout yeah. our our graduate course in art education was like um like group draws like like walking around the classrooms with like charcoal like cell tape to end of sticks and having like paper draped across the like rolls of paper all yeah. through the classroom and like let students just walk around and like knock <laughs> like hit things like throw things like make marks basically and be as spontaneous and free as, as you can and then cut all that up yeah cut and just make sculptures out of it like really play and experiment and like <laughs> and no That's not don't be afraid of failure more or less <laughs> failures right. and um just a quick tidbit she wanted to say that she loved your post on instagram where you have a laundry basket on your head and your dog is in your studio with you. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great setup. <laughs> uh, Who took um, the picture? Oh, or is it a mystery? We don't want to do that. It's like, a mystery, yeah. And the, the washing machine took the picture. <laughs> oh, nice. Was it running a cycle? Or? <laughs> yeah, it was running a cycle, yeah. <laughs> a cold, a cold cycle. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but... Uh, I don't know. It's kind of was, I was laughing at the thing I was, I was chatting to a friend of mine about. Do you know the comedian Billy Connolly? No, no. Uh, what was the last name? Billy Connolly. Oh, Con No, I don't. Scottish guy. Um, okay. He's hilarious, but he says one of his sayings is ne never trust a person who sits in a room with a tea cozy and never tries it on. With with a what was it with a what on? <laughs> with a tea cozy. Do you know what a tea cozy is? A tea cozy? No. Yeah. A tea cozy is like, say you make a pot of tea or a pot of coffee. Ah. You set it in like a, the middle of a table or whatever. Like, like over here, people have like, they're like more or less like, they're kind of like knitted yarns where they, in the shape of the teapot. So okay. it's like, <laughs> like a hot water bottle for, for the teapot. It right. helps keep warm. It's like a little thermal layer. Yeah, yeah. But you can you could take it off and <laughs> and just have fun with it and like wear it as a hat. Like yeah. that's, <laughs> so that's what he's kind of saying. Never never trust anybody who sits in a room with a tea cozy and doesn't try it on. Yeah, it doesn't put it on their head or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So it's that kind of that kind of links in with the studio work, it's that kind of sense of play and personality. And yeah. um, and I try to kind of put my personality into my work as much as possible. Like Yeah. Um and I think I come through in like everybody's work in some way, whether they're thinking about it or not. It's like, right. Like subconscious or yeah, that's everybody's March or different, but it's, they, they mightn't feel connected in that way, but it's, it's definitely theirs. Like Up next, we talk a bit about the different concentrations of Ronan's work, including drawing, painting, and his three dimensional constructions. Listen in. Uh, they're almost like drawings on canvas, like whether it's a drawing, a drawing or or a painting, and it kind of like blurs the line between the two. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Um, drawing's a massive part of it. Um, I do so much drawing, and um, probably more drawing than I do actual actual painting. But um, 
I suppose when I work on like large scale forms in the studio or whatever, and I'll always have like stacks of, of paper around. Yeah. And, and I'm not really great at like mixing materials to the right like quantity. So <laughs> there's, always, <laughs> there's always excess. So that kind of, and it feels kind of like a free flow um, exercise of like working large, large scale applying paints and different materials to like a set like wooden assemblages for 3d forms and then yeah. working on working on paperworks at the same time and then when it gets like cold and i'm tired and it's time to like go inside or whatever and um, i'll have like stacks stacks of paper that have been like marked or whatever and uh sort of patinaed studio patinaed <laughs> yeah <laughs> They'll kind of just gather up in in, in the house here, and I'll and um, sit when I've got time alone or whatever, and kind of work into them further. Um, and so, and then I kind of think of them as small paintings in a way. Yeah. They don't be, they're they're more like a painting, and there's a lot more figuring out, um, to, to do a lot more decision making. It's not just, um, it's not not just free drawn. Although I like that, I like the kind of relationship between an image looking as if it's been carelessly thrown together but when you like actually analyze it you realize right colors have been like subtracted and added and yeah. pushed around and there's something analytical has happened here as well it's not just if oh you've just splattered paint and on the surface <laughs> anybody could do that like that old and <laughs> um, i've got that a lot in the past oh really i because i really feel like you have a language going on and especially how like um like the breadth of work that you make you know like it seems like some of your three-dimensional constructions or whatever they seem to come out right off of the canvas you know um, yeah yeah if that makes sense but um yeah um yeah it's funny too i think of i don't really think of them as sculpture or anything it's, okay. i don't feel i don't feel like they're sculpted in any way if that makes yeah. sense models <laughs> It feels like they are, they're definitely paintings, but I'm, I'm thinking of three-dimensional marks when I'm kind of making them. Yeah. And I actually use, I use the, like the pieces of wood and bits of bric-a-brac, bric-a-brac, sorry, to, to make marks on canvases as well and different surfaces like aluminium and wood panel. And so it all, it's all connected. Right. It's, at your disposal <laughs> yeah anything goes more or less. <laughs> if it sits there long enough it's gonna end up in the work yeah exactly yeah um they're usually the best ones the ones that have kind of like been lying around for a while and yeah they just have this really <laughs> you hate them for so long <laughs> <laughs> like you're definitely it's like writer's block you're stuck on them you don't know what to do with them and then eventually they just kind of they kind of accrue this i don't know patinas i like that word patina but they definitely yeah they, they gather all the remnants of other things and then become become something special i think yeah when uh, you, i mean just so i know what you mean like i i know a patina on a sculpture or like sort of classical sort of finish on something but do you mean like like maybe I mean, 
like patina. It's a nice use of the word, so I'd love to yeah. know what you mean. For me, patina means like more, more definitely not polished. Yeah. <laughs> it's more like, and and my partner got me a really good book for Christmas, and it's called Wabi Sabi. Okay. And have you heard of Wabi Sabi before? Yeah, like it's like the is it like the beauty and imperfection or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's something that I've talked to her about, and then she kind of like got me this really nice book that made that connection. And so yeah. now that's how I'm thinking of things is wabby sabby. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> but that's what I mean. The patina is definitely like more a kind of like a carpenter's workshop floor, at, like after like a seven day like week like just filled with all sorts of like roughness and texture and yeah just i don't know what that stuff does but it's just nice right right <laughs> that's the evidence that's of... it. definitely it's more more rustic not right. not pop the mark of the studio kind of yeah definitely yeah it's like its own its own environment like all the kind of i don't know i noticed like on the floor i've like underneath where I draw is like this build up of like, like the flakes of like oil bar and like pastel and like everything is just all there. It's like it's, it's like when you look down close, it's like a little mountain range of. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, but I played with that before, and on in in an installation. Sorry, um, but I'm gathering dust of things and like trying to do stuff with it. But I'm, I don't know. Yeah, just I suppose the fascination with the material and what it can do i suppose how far you how far you can stretch things but, i'm sorry who, uh you received the book from who i couldn't make out oh from my partner sorry oh okay thanks, thanks nikki <laughs> <laughs> you say thanks nikki yeah <laughs> um so yeah that's my partner team our daughters um joni and our dogs larry um so they're, they've gone to London this morning. So Larry, it's just me and Larry in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Set up more uh, more pictures and shenanigans, yeah. right? <laughs> Say hello, Larry. Hey. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Phil. <laughs> hey, Larry. <laughs> now, I may have used the word sculpture before, and you know, the, uh, maybe I could say assemblage or construction. Is that a little closer to what? Yeah, uh, you might think of your three-dimensional work. Yeah, yeah. And do you? How do you feel about uh, pushing the boundaries or thinking about? Uh, would you call it that? Say through three-dimensional and painting, like pushing the two within your like say series or body of work. Do you consider uh, that pushing the boundary or just having no boundaries? I'd say it's kind of kind of both like you're pushing the boundaries and then you realize there is no boundaries yeah yeah <laughs> it's like once you squeeze past the frame then it's like all right whatever there's no going back yeah but yeah yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I, I was on a residency in limerick um in ireland here in 2019 and it was a, a residency called lodestar okay. residency and then i found out about it through the new york crypt club with Catherine haggerty and hillary doyle um, whenever I was kind of part of the spring semester over there when I was in New York, but then I moved home obviously for different reasons. But um, so the, it was, um, it was, you know, it was, it was Hillary. Hillary sent me this link to this residency in Limerick, and there was like 
American professors that go and stay there. Yeah. And, and, and so I met like Chuck Webster, Glenn Goldberg, like Judy Lansman, and and then like other Irish kind of like up there artists more or less <laughs> that you okay. can look at and admire. But um we were laughing as like one of my one of I did like a full room installation and I pre-stretched like a bunch of canvases, like raw raw cotton duck canvases more or less, and had like a stack of like old paperworks that didn't work out that were all cut up and like just like looked like a mountain of just I don't know, probably to some people's eyes rubbish, but for me it was like gold, the gold dust. <laughs> it was just like all, all these different possibilities. But I was working in this one piece and it had the paperwork and different masking tapes and all everything. It was like down one side of the canvas, stretched in behind the canvas and then pierced through a hole in the canvas. So it all yeah. kind of like fed through. And like um like one one of the artists there it's like you're kind of breaking you're breaking the rules there <laughs> nice. so i kind of laughed and i was like what rules though like seriously like and then i don't know some people agreed with me and then other people were kind of veering to yeah you're kind of you can't you can't cut the canvas but for me it's just like why not like yeah yeah um sure it's like a stretch canvas is crying out to be stabbed <laughs> like, you know, like, cut, cut it <laughs> it's so pristine right yeah, like especially like after you stretch one up and so you've got it like like taut, like after after you kind of soak it down and like it sounds like a drum when it dries yeah. out, all that tension. It's like, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I had to avoid I do I had to avoid stretching the work before because it was just everything I was doing was just getting holes in it. <laughs> so yeah. I so now like put um like eight by four sheets of like plywood like three quarter inch ply up on the wall so I can just like staple like the staple camp <laughs> straight from the roll now and be as kind of aggressive as possible and do what I want and maybe cut into it later on but I don't know so yeah back to your, your question I'd say it's both kind of pushing the boundaries but also there's definitely no boundaries when you realize you push them you're kind of inspired by what other artists are doing as well i suppose and like when i first seen katharina grassi's work i was blown okay. away like honestly blown away i was just like right this really anything really does go now it's just like yeah. um her work's just crazy but um and it got other people like i don't know if you know she's um i think she's based in pa now um helen o'leary you... no i don't i don't believe so and she teaches at Penn, Penn State, I think. Um, but her work, you should look at her work. You'll see kind of like connection to my assemblages and hers, I think. Okay. Um, and Susan Carr, obviously, as well. Just, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of that kind of exploration of space and like ex the, expand the expanded space of painting now, I think. And where it is, there, is, there are no more boundaries. I, I feel like I want to bring up, uh, if I say it incorrectly, just correct me, but La, La Garage. Oh, yeah. And is that literally that's garage? Right. Yeah. Like you, you have this set up in a garage? Oh, that's your yeah. studio. That's my studio, yeah. It's, okay. Um, it's like a detached um, garage from the house. But um, planning on getting it insulated and stuff at some point. But at the, at the minute, it's pretty cold. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it works for now. Um, 
looks good. Um, change, obviously, um, go through a lot of studio spaces. Have been in lots of different places, so this kind of feels settled now, and I feel like the work's starting to kind of and um, the work's always on settled, but it's, I feel like I'm in a better place with it now, definitely. Yeah. Because I just I just moved into this house and um, before the pandemic hit. Okay. So it was January 2020, and then I went um, to residency in Vermont Studio Center in March. And basically, was meant to be there for like a month and did like two two weeks. Yeah. And that's so the residency I was talking about in Limerick in Ireland that um, I got connected with. That was kind of the first time I kind of really started to use a full room as like an installation type expanded painting setup more or less. Right. But look at the like suppose that so that's all kind of that decompressions series, like La Garage and then there's like Lodestar residency and then the Vermont Studio Center residency. Whereas I feel like I'm bringing I'm bringing like a lot of pre existing work to these spaces. But I'm also I'm making new work whilst I'm there and combining the two. Yeah. So for instance, like at Vermont Studio Center, the first thing I did when I got, got my space was like opened up. I've like a bunch of these binders of like works on paper, which are being sh- shown now this May, um, and used one of the small drawings on it as a starting point um, on, the, on the studio wall. And then yeah. everything more or less evolved from that. Yeah, it's it's a cool experience. I mean, I haven't been there physically, but just so, like some of the pictures you've sent me in the, on the website, the La Garage, I guess, and uh, there's like a mural and then a painting and then a construction, not not all in the same direct line from one another, but it's just like it's kind of like would make me think like where do I exist? <laughs> yeah. You know, like like as but not in a necessarily bad way, but like just a little bit of an experimental, like you know, where am I standing? Like am I? That's no longer. I mean, how many? dimensions does this thing really have you know yeah uh, um i think it's like that's definitely something i'm playing with like it is that whole the conversation between what like what a painting is what it can be like is this a painting is it a drawing is that a sculpture what's going on is that is that a small painting or is it like 14 by 12 feet <laughs> like yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it is it feels saturated and i kind of like that because like especially since 2020 like the two years of pandemic and stuff like from going even from leaving new york like seeing so much work all the time in person in new york was like such a rich experience for me like i was going to shows like every day more or less uh-huh. like as much as possible like bar obviously like the, the, the beginning of the week but like every opening i was trying to get to and um just really soaking it up because and and, but like obviously now it's, everything's through the screen so much more and I know. Um, uh, so everything feels a bit saturated that way like yeah thinking about how much work you look at through the screen is actually a bit scary <laughs> it's almost like even before that too you know but especially now and i yeah, have to like imagine like what you know what it looks like to to be there i mean we do yeah. you know we all do um yeah. you know and hope you know gladly some things are opening up again but um but yeah it's like try to trying to imagine that scale and everything else you know sometimes it's kind of interesting because you're like how big is that painting or drawing or like you were yeah. saying um, yeah 
and kind of trips you out a little bit sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now I have one of my favorite questions and I was wondering if you can use three to five words to describe your work or particular, if you can separate your work into series or just the group, the group, the, the whole, the whole shebang. The whole shebang. <laughs> <so to speak. laughs> the big picture. <laughs> yes, I know. Is that, is that too heavy? <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Um, obviously, like you sent me that in the email, so I've, I've thought about it, and I've I've actually written down, so I'll forget otherwise. Okay. Uh, so let me just check here. So number five, words to describe your work. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I mentioned this before, I think, and not like. So I, the first one I say like passages. Yeah. Uh, passages. So yeah. Passages as in like. They're kind of like corridors, if you know what I mean. Corridors of like feed. They're corridors of information. They're kind of feeding, feeding off each other. Like yeah. Okay, so cool. passages, yeah, and then tra- transitive. Transitive, yeah, like in um, crossing or something. Yeah, like in motion. Like expressing, expressing, expressing an action which, um, which pat, which passes over to an object. Yeah. Cool. And. Um, uh, tension, um, and then obviously experimentation, um, and then analytical or reflective. So I do a lot of like looking, a lot of yeah. looking. Obviously, her <laughs> I can't remember her name. It was, she was la- the girl that asked the question. Was it? Um, oh, Heather Yip. Heather Yip. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. She was laughing about the the picture of me in the laundry basket. In my yeah, studio. yeah. <laughs> So like obviously like <laughs> that's where we do our laundry, <laughs> but um yeah. Uh, so I do be out there a lot, and even if I'm not like in the studio mindset, like even stopping for like a few minutes and like looking at things, like yeah. and that kind of builds up over time. And even if I'm in there for like a long session, like a lot of looking always, always happens. But um. So yeah, yeah I, think uh, I don't do five. that enough. I think just like other stuff, <laughs> like just being like a, a non-artist human person, you know, like uh, yeah. if you can separate it, really. But um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. That's just my personal tidbit about what I too, do. Too, you know, too much is bad, or What's doing that? too much is unhealthy. Like yeah. doing too, being being in the art zone all the time is not healthy. I think yeah. like. Or in the making zone or thinking zone, like you're. I suppose you're always thinking and thinking about workers. You could be on a nice walk somewhere or like going to do something. You'll get something in your head, and then you, yeah. <laughs> you're you're totally distracted from everybody, like everybody else and everything else. But, um. But yeah, no. So we have what passages, transitive, tension, experimentation, and analytical. Cool. I have a couple, if you don't mind. Yeah, and I kind (laughs) of—I spoiled the surprise. I said it earlier, but um, but I'll say it again. No boundaries is, uh, I think, pretty important. You know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Totally. Yeah. uh, And I also liked play how that came up earlier. Yeah. Um, But I think of like prolific is one of the words that I wrote down. Just like I'm, like inspired by how much work you make, you know, and just the willingness to do so. It's like yeah. <laughs> not to get so, t- I mean, there are, you know, and here's the boundary again, you know, like, like I feel like I started a new series for myself 
and I did six eight by ten paintings, and they're just so six eight by ten paintings, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just like a, a young idea for myself, and I I got to find out how to like spread it out some, and because I yeah. do make collage too, but like when I make collage, I make collage, you know, and I yeah. There's I I have a hard time seeing the connection between the two, but there's definitely yeah. hard edge and all that stuff, but. Yeah. So it's it's refreshing. So that's probably another word. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, I, I think I can be a bit obsessive, and that yeah. affects kind of personal relationships around me as well at times because yeah. I don't know. I just kind of need to be working or doing something. Like, but um, not just doing something, but it ha- like times and um, times precious. I think. Yeah. <laughs> but um. um I don't know, definitely, like, we're, like, in a very happy place with, like, a new daughter and stuff, but, like, yeah. that's got so much, there's so much energy and positivity attached to that, and, but it's, like, so much time, it's, like, just with, with day jobs and stuff like that as well, it's just, like, trying to get some, like, obviously, having the studio in the garage, it's, like, any opportunity, I'll go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, so, yeah, I can be a bit obsessive, but. I really do like downtime as well, like and not thinking about work, trying not to think about work or not yeah. actually make, making physical work. But that's the thing you said that like, you sit down with like six, six, eight by ten or whatever, and like you'll sit and make a series. I don't really work like that. Yeah, uh, I just keep working, and then and eventually, certain pieces will like that are done around maybe the same time or not even like could be a couple of years prior or whatever like they'll come out and come together and something happens then and then that's yeah. supposed what like my kind of obsession with sitting taking time to look all the time is you find those relationships but um and then that's when i kind of organize my work and it's so it's like i like really procrastinate with photographing work photographing photographing work properly getting it all uploaded into files and your hard drive or whatever <laughs> or organizing it into website setup like dealing with like a gallery show or whatever like you've got all these extra things you need to be doing like applying for open calls or applying for residencies applying for funding for or flying for like different yeah yeah there's you're honestly like so many different kind of jobs that you need to be doing it's difficult to kind of keep on top and it can be overwhelming but um i kind of i think especially since leaving undergrad 2008 that's something i've been learned to kind of deal with you now i'm i think i'm able to juggle all those things a wee bit more (laughs) (laughs) less 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 manically oh um, yeah uh, but no, it's definitely feel like and sense of play and all that, yeah, and just working constantly and then figuring out things later. I think. Yeah, no, um, you have all that material to look over. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I then love there's fight. gonna I love be. What's I, love that? I love finding stuff that like you forgot about or just totally just can't remember making (laughs) (laughs) i don't know like i've got this show coming up in may with gallery gallery 545 in in belfast and it's like a um a retrospective of works on paper and it's basically work going back to 2016 until now but like getting stuff out for that and going through things is kind of like 
scary. Like, wow, what? <laughs> totally forgot about that. Having any of this stuff, photographs, and like nothing's just because I've made so much stuff and kind of figuring out a way now to archive things and organize it and yeah, keep, yeah. keep on top of it. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I remember before, I think when we first started the chatting in the video chat, like, I think it was off the record or whatever, but I was chatting about the abstract critical and yeah. different online forms I would read up on and like paint, paint articles and stuff. So I, I would print instead of just keeping them on the computer. Oh yeah. I print everything. I printed them all off and I've got <laughs> all these stacks of stuff like I've read and need to put, they're put in folders now, but like, it's like adding, I just keep adding more, I suppose it's extra material to play with, but it's, um, it's trying to organize things. I don't know. But um, I've read a really good book on creativity by, is it Selazi Milias Oski or something? I can't, I can't pronounce the author's name. Oh, yeah. But, I'm not, I mean, if, if you want to send that to me, I can put it you know in the... the... You know the book Flow? You've probably heard of Flow. Flow. Is... Not oh. sure. Hold on a second. Um, okay. I'll just get it up because I'm terrible at pronouncing the okay. name. So I pronounce it as Mihaly Sikhsintamalali or something. So he's okay. the, oh, how do I flip this? Sorry, my um, uh, pronunciation is terrible. Can you see that? Yes. Well, that's cool. That, that's, uh, I almost recognize the cover. I don't know. I think I might have that on my uh, list, actually. Yeah, but um, there's interesting kind of um, it's like interviews of yep. just different creatives, not just painters and artists, but like um, uh, astrologists and yeah. like different scientists, like right. so just crazy um, creative people, and um, it's kind of interesting to see how similarities and. Like it's like that crossover thing we talked about earlier, like the circles crossing over, like social circles. Yeah, yeah. Some sort of connect, but like there's so many similarities in like how certain um like physicians or like like I don't know, like entrepreneurs, different yeah, people yeah. have like similar obsessive kind of natures, <laughs> whatever. But it's a really good book and there's really good insights into like different creatives. Yeah, daily routines and how they manage their own craziness. Like, <laughs> um, everybody's got their little. Might <laughs> be helpful to to read that. It'll like kind of take the edge off, I guess. Yeah, it's like actually, I'm not that abnormal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, no, it's good. It's, it's worth the read, definitely. And if you want to send, if you can email me the name, like, or just maybe I could probably, from memory now, I could probably do it. But yeah, I'll just read it out for, for, for any listeners. Well, it's basically the title is Creativity The Psychology of Discovery and, and Invention. But, um, and the, the author's name is Mahali Sikhs and Tamali. I think that's pronounced right. Okay. Yeah, thanks. I think it's Russian, but um, he's the author of Flow. Okay. He's like, I think his first big big hit in terms of books but um it's also a good read but it's kind of like that flow state when you're in 
in the zone when you're making like hours go by like yeah not... yeah <laughs> you forget to eat and all kinds of stuff yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you step back you're like oh I... you said you're a massive music fan do you listen to music when you're working or do you... i do yeah uh almost always uh i kind of i have so many playlists that like it depends on i know some artists don't like to do this because then it's going to influence the work but i feel like i have like i have to like where whatever like i try to make a certain mood like specific playlist you know yeah uh, like if i want to think about a certain thing as i'm making it like i i don't know i guess i do try to figure out some things before i get going so uh the music can help and then i don't have to like and then i after a while i don't even hear it but <laughs> yeah. but yeah. yeah i usually put it on repeat and yeah yeah uh I listen to you listen to Brian Alfred's Sound Vision podcast. Oh my god, it's been a while since I've actually listened to that. Yeah, I've kind of dipped between your your podcast that yeah. and Artist Talk as well. But um, oh, cool, thanks. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's kind of interesting. His, his like he interviews a lot of musicians as well, but it's right. interesting to see that like kind of connection with music and art. Yeah, it's a nice thing to a pairing, really. Yeah, it really is. Sometimes yeah. I like silence too, though. Yeah. Um, but um, I think music definitely helps you get going if you're kind of and having yeah. a slow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of like, oh, do I really want to do this right now? Like, I don't know. I know. It's it's... Like, it's been a lot of distractions in my life, so I think that helps too. Like lately, anyway, to like put something on and like take that first. Like, it helps me take that first step. You know. Yeah. Go in the other room and like you know just close the door, <laughs> you know. Yeah. There's yeah. A, something that reminds me of like something. Was a tutor told me about it in my undergrad. He actually passed away in my second year. Um, but he was t he talked about this uh, English painter called Patrick Oliver. Okay. Um, who had he, he taught up in Leeds, which is up in north north um England. You know, the painter John Hoyland. Yeah. Be, that'd be his kind of area of England where he's from but this guy Patrick Oliver he talks if you're ever like struggling with like trying to get in and doing stuff or whatever just think of painting as a game of pool and you have you you have to pot the eight ball yeah so when you think of it as like that kind of just simplistic thing you, you easily go and hang out with friends and shoot some pool or whatever it's just yeah. like you're shooting pool you're moving things from one corner. You're moving things through space. It's like there is a kind of poetic movement within the game of pool as well. But like, just imagine you're there by yourself, and all you got to do is shoot a bit of pool, like yeah. have fun. With it. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of we can build things up so much in our heads, just like yeah. and procrastinate so much and scare ourselves. But um, if you just sometimes I think of that, I kind of laugh when I first heard of it because. One, my dad kind of dealt in pool tables and the like, gambling machines and stuff as a job, oh, yeah. and like you know, like jukeboxes and like old video games and stuff. So we kind of laughed, kind of that resonated with me a bit. But I always laughed. It's actually that simple. It's just a game. Just have fun. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know. It's good not to get too serious. Yeah. Serious play. <laughs> I think I've heard that before. Play, yeah. <laughs> I know I've heard that before. I can't take credit for that or anything. <laughs> Uh, I was curious, like, if you have a figure from history or present day that you would like to entertain. I know, yeah. Um, God, there's so many. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
I don't know, like, I was thinking about this in the, the email you sent me. Like, is this, do you mean, like, someone to hang out with, or? Yeah, it doesn't have to be, I mean, whatever your thing is. Like, if you like tea and cake, you go get tea and cake. You like to cook, you cook. <laughs> like, you want to play some pool, oh you God. play pool with this person. <laughs> uh, it's a difficult one. Yeah. I, like, I feel bad, but, like, I know, like, I love Matisse. Like, I love Matisse's work, like, his use yeah. of color, everything about, like, his entire life. Everything's just fascinating, but I'm, I don't mean to be mean or whatever, or I don't know, like, or inconsiderate, but I'd love to be in the room, not be, for him to know I was there, but being a fly in the wall or whatever, and, like, yeah. meet him whilst he was doing the cutouts, like, towards the end. Like, yeah. I know they became, like, very popular or whatever, like, because of their, um, relation to the end of his life more or less but um just to see how he was and like to watch yeah. him like to see <laughs> that, you know, it would be crazy just to experience that but um i don't know i love el greco like and that el greco came up in a previous um yeah. podcast i remember Recently, yeah it was astro deke i think maybe yeah it was astro deke yeah. yeah, it was yeah um but el greco um someone i like definitely um I don't know, it's just where I've seen his work. I've seen it in reproductions and all, obviously, before, but I've seen his work in person in Madrid back in, yeah. like, 2013, I think it was, at the um, the Prado. and um, But it was his work shown with Pollock and Picasso. Okay. And it was, like, the whole kind of link and how they were obsessed with El Greco and how El Greco kind of influenced them and without them really kind of admitting it. <laughs> but um, I don't know, like St. John's vision of the, of the apocalypse is something that really, when I first seen that, and just the sky and how it was all kind of like swooping and like just for that era, like what was that, what would that have been, like 1600s probably? Um, uh, seeing that use of colour, like that he was, like the use of blues and like, um, I don't know, the movement he created with with color and that's I think I love color I think like for me it's like color creates all my forms as well and I think yeah. that's what El Greco is obviously it's straight up figurative representative representative or representational painting but um I think it's done more abstractly through like the layer and the forms which basically is all color <laughs> <laughs> So El Greco, and, and ask him is he happy with the with his nickname? <laughs> oh. <laughs> but um, but that's kind of where I got that's that's why I came up with that the new series and La Garage. Like it's just <laughs> it's just plain and simple. But um, so yeah, El, El Greco would be an interesting guy to meet. I think. Yeah. But uh, but it'd be weird, like the kind of. I don't. I'd like to meet him now, in our modern kind of way. <laughs> yeah. It'd be just too weird for me, like going back back then. Yeah. Kind of. I don't think it'd be a bit of a weird experience. That might be nice, actually. Go for some. Go for something drastic. Exactly. <laughs> go back. <laughs> would there um, be anything gradual, or would you just like time machine it and go right back? Just time machine it. Yeah. Right <laughs> <laughs> there, but um. Yeah. Uh, Helen Frankenthaler, yeah, the painter I love as well. Joan Mitchell, um, uh, Guston, and 
know, drink it with Pollock. Drink him with Pollock would be fun. Yeah. Drink him, drink him with Bacon and Pollock. Ba- drink him with Francis Bacon and, and Jackson Pollock. That would be fun. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I think that's... I don't... Like, there is loads. There's loads, plenty of people. Just let's have a party and invite... Yeah. Invite everybody. Right. <laughs> <laughs> invite everybody and see who comes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody comes. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you have a, a billiard table, then maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, what about you? Who who would you like to bring back? Oh, I was waiting for that. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> you put me in the spot. It's your turn. Yeah, I know. I should prepare for this. No, it's my question, and I can't. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think Elizabeth Murray would be kind of cool to... That's who it I was trying to think of her earlier when I was, you were thinking about the, you asked me about the boundaries thing, but yeah, 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 first yeah. First seen her work and Frank Stella's work in person in New York, and I was oh, like, wow. whoa. <laughs> but right. yeah, Elizabeth Murray, she's great. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's a nice one. Yeah, that's it's easy to easy to find, you know that. Uh, and I think that would. I think that would be an answer for a lot of people, <laughs> yeah. especially especially now, you know, like yeah. contemporary. But um, yeah, I love Richard Tuttle's work. Uh, I, oh yeah, you know, um, and I don't know if I'd want to be. I feel like Elizabeth Murray. I wouldn't want to disturb, you know. But I don't know how how I would, you know. Maybe I'd have to pull that too, like be a fly on the wall, you know. But I wouldn't want to, like, you know. Cause, I, but there'd have to be like some maybe someone else interviewing her, and I could pretend I was just holding the boom microphone or something, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like, like just be lucky enough to to do that, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like she was amazing. Like I think it was, I seen one of her solo shows. I think it was at Pace Gallery. It might have been. I think it was Pace Gallery yeah. in Chelsea, and but like really getting up close and personal with those like kind of. You know, the amorphous kind of paintings that are all kind of like exploding off the wall, like yeah, yeah, forms coming. It's just insane. Like, how did she do all that? Like, all this, like the different curves of wood and angles, and like how the canvas is stretched around and different. I don't know. It's just amazing. Yeah, um, there's a pretty cool. Um, I think it's Art Twenty One uh, sort of feature on her, and. Because when 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 her paintings are finished, it just seems like she kind of she totally arrived at something she knew she was doing, yeah. And you know, and you you only get there through the work, really. But you know, you think how awkward and you know, like how that color was really kind of ugly at first, and you know those kinds of things. And then eventually, it just ends, you know, finishes where it finishes, and then it just looks like it was never something. It yeah, like. It's it's just neat to see the process from beginning to end, you know. Yeah. And part of that, like to see her working, and I've I, you know only seen that through R twenty one. There might be other sources out there, but yeah, I must yeah. check R twenty one. Yeah, um, I'm a massive fan of uh, James Cam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's where I get all my um, I get my paint painting fixes on there. I know, right? Um, Louisiana Channel's good, also. I'm sorry, the Louisiana Channel. Oh, oh yeah, 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 Louisiana. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a good one. Um, you almost so know yeah. it's him before you hear it. 
James yeah. Conn, you know, like even if you put it on silent and if you don't see him, <laughs> just all the close ups and all that. Like, oh, that's he, the yeah. angles are like a totally his. And yeah, yeah. it's just amazing. Like when, you, when, um, when he goes to zoom in and yeah. you can hear the camera zoom, you get yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, he's great. Um, but he covers so much. Yeah. Um, on his bike, but um, right. yeah, it's impressive. Um, uh, so yeah, Art Twenty One. I must check it out. But yeah, Elizabeth yeah, it's Murray. Yeah, like Art in the Twenty One, Art in the Twenty First Century as a full. But there's right. there's a lot of good videos out there, and some of them yeah. are like in piece. Like they'll just be like you can probably just find Elizabeth Murray's, and then others are in groups. You know, like one there's one called Play. <laughs> Uh, yeah. and they feature different artists in, in the same series or same episode, so to speak. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Atel Adnan, that's it. She's just recently passed away. Bring, okay. bring her. Oh, uh, bring her back. Bring her back. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. Who would you like to bring back? And right. like I know that's a different one. <laughs> <laughs> It gets the brain racking, that's for sure. Um, there's so many. Oh, Howard Hodgkin, maybe? Howard Hodgkin, yeah, actually, I have, I have him on a list here. Yeah. He's definitely someone I look at a lot. Um, Irish artist, I, Manny Jallet. Have you ever heard of her? No, no. Manny Jallet. Um, and I've spelled M-A-N-I-E-J-E-L-L-E-T. She's a pioneers of, like, Irish abstract painting, and for her for being a woman at that time too, it was like pr pretty huge. But um, yeah, uh, William Crozier is another Irish one. Uh, Basil Blackshaw, um, Gork Gorky, <laughs> 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 don't do it. That's what I'd say then. Don't do it. <laughs> don't yeah. kill yourself. Uh, yeah. But um, Gorky's great. Um, Bram Bogart, I love his work. Yeah. Um, and then Len, Len Billinger's still around. He's like a Brooklyn based, or I think he might be Queens actually, but he shows in Brooklyn at Bogart, Bogart Street. Um, I met him in New York and I love his work. It's like very yeah. heavily material oriented. Like, um, but he's not gone, so we, yeah. we can't bring him back. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, Len, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> But he's probably not listening, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he will be, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a quote you would like to share? I suppose I was going to actually quote, but you know, the um, South American artist, Beatrice Malazzi? Beatrice no, no. Malazzi. I was going to quote one of hers, but it's a bit long. Okay. But, but I was either a toss-up between her or a tutor I had in my undergrad. Yeah, I'll go with a tutor I had in my, my undergrad because like he passed away in my second year and he was yeah. like a he was like an RA like a Royal Academian, and he was like a very kind of highly revered painter in in the UK and his name was Roy Halt. Okay, um, you get some of his work online. There's only a few. There's only a few things that I can find, but um, he's a really cool guy and he he taught me a lot about touch. Like the sense yeah. of having a sense of touch and pain, but um, his quote or it was something we our degree show was kind of like a mem and like a memoir to him. 
and like our cat or like our exhibition catalog was like had a little kind of um the like message for him and like a picture of him and stuff yeah. but i and the, the quote we use for that is what he used to say to us is enthusiasm is the vehicle that takes us to the place that puts joy in our life so it wasn't just not just about painting or anything it's just about everything as long as you're enthusiastic it's all about like your self-esteem your mood yeah and how how you approach life in general if you're enthusiastic um yeah, what you bring to it you'll you'll be joyful if you're enthusiastic more yeah. or less <laughs> that's cool but um the art like the in terms of like painting and like studio work or whatever i'll i'll, I'll mention this quote by beatrice malazzi i'm scared of many things the carnival the beach the forest the decorative arts kitsch churches and even colors all that both all that both scares and fascinates me people often tell me that i'm courageous to do what i do but i do it because i'm afraid (laughs) 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 wow so that sums up a lot as well yeah um so just kind of kind of reinforces like that what we're talking about is the importance of play like it's okay to be afraid, but just remember it's you're just playing around and have fun with it and um let the kind of material guide you. Yeah. It's so that's, uh, no matter how much <laughs> the material always wins. <laughs> it does it does so so much more than what you can do. Like Yeah. You can only like guide it to a certain point. Like I so I'm enjoying recently like pulling like lots of like built up oil and acrylic layers that have been on like like just mixing boards even anything mixing palettes like different oh, yeah. things and like scraping all those back and like reapplying them to like a different surface and then having them right next to each other and like looking at that yeah that kind of residue that's left over and that kind of sense of place in a way and like there's a tension that that was there yeah it's it, it was there it's gone it left this i don't know how it got there but <laughs> but it's like it's here now <laughs> and it's made this and yeah. i i kind of own it <laughs> but um yeah it just kind of it's it kind of humbles it's kind of humbles you as well like yeah it's nice to know that you can just be free with it yeah it's uh Despite the fear of possible. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, I don't know how many things are like that, but uh, I guess certain people are into d- different certain things, but um, yeah, it's nice like to I, consider. What's that? So it's like, I love like music and stuff, but I remember doing like trying to get into guitar when I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> and like, if you play a guitar badly, it's just, I'm sorry, but it's just awful. Like any, but like if you do paint them badly, you can get away. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very forgiving away. for us. Yeah, very forgiving. That's why I like it so much. <laughs> but I don't play guitar, obviously, because I was terrible at it and didn't have the patience. But um, yeah, it takes a lot of patience. Oh my god! Yeah, I don't know. Maybe people that play it wouldn't say that, but I don't play at all, and I feel like I projected I into the future. I'm like, I, uh, I don't. Yeah. I think paint, definitely painting, like painting and art making, like making objects, stuff requires a different kind of patience. I think. Yeah. 
like I do have friends and they're musicians and like, like keen guitar players or yeah. whatever but like they say the same thing or not the same thing but they say something similar like they're they find it interesting how like I can go to the studio and be alone and just work away yeah. whereas they enjoy that for maybe an hour or so but like they need like people around to be like jamming or like creating oh, like, yeah. the other the different, different community I guess yeah yeah, yeah, that's true. But, um, Interesting. Yeah, it is. Many thanks to Ronan Bows for the conversation. Visit RonanBows.com to check out more of his work. Also, you can check out his online show, Decompression, works on paper retrospective at Gallery 545 in Belfast. Also, for private viewings, visit Gallery545.com for more info. I would also like to thank previous guest Heather Yip for sending a question in for Ronan. Cheers, Heather. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. This has been Oddcast. I'm your host, Philip J. Mellon. Thanks for listening, and keep the dialogue going. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you this. Define abstract art. Oh, come on. Okay, here's a better one. What does this painting mean? I'm getting nowhere with this. Forget it. Hotcast Home is A-H-T-C-A-S-T dot com. Thanks again. Sounds like the party's over, but you can still stay connected. Otcast Audio is on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher, and now on Google Podcasts. Otcast Social on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. Let's not forget about Instagram. Thanks for tuning in.